Hi there. Welcome back. I'm Lars Hammer, the pastor at Lord of Grace Lutheran Church here in Marana, Arizona. Welcome back to the walk through the Psalms. Today we're going to look at Psalm 50, verses 1 and 2. Here we go. We'll take a read. The Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. All right. Well, let's give a little bit of background before we get too much farther on this. Zion. Zion is Jerusalem. Uh, that's the place of the temple. It's the place where God's presence is. It's God's city above all cities. It sits literally on a hill. It is, it is kind of the highest mountain around and it has this very long view. It's why there's been a city on there for, for ages, long before even King David took the city. For thousands of years, there were people living there because it's got a natural spring, so it's got water, and it's got this view. So it's always been kind of seen as the place from which things go out to, right? It's kind of the top. People come to it, people are drawn to it, but people also are, it's sort of its beauty, its majesty goes out from it. And this is the Lord's city. Of all the cities in the world, this is the Lord's city, right? And so the mighty one, the Lord God, it says he speaks and he summons the earth. So he speaks to the whole earth. He's not just speaking just to God's people. He speaks to the whole earth and he summons the whole earth all day long from the rising of the sun to its setting. Kind of an interesting poetic way of putting it, right? Instead of saying he just sits there all day and talks, he summons the earth from rising to setting. So during the day, and it says, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty God shines forth. Now you think about what is the message, right? What is the message that's going forth? What is the message that's going forth? I don't think it's an accident that the poet here uses the, uh, this image of the rising and the setting of the sun as an image of the way God works, as an image of how long God works or how to explain God's work. Because I, I was drawn to this psalm, I'll admit, because of that phrase in verse 2, the perfection of beauty, the perfection of beauty. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. God shines forth. Now, if you were to see the literal Jerusalem, if especially if you would have seen it you know, in whatever B.C. when this was written, it would not look to us like the perfection of beauty. Not that city. But what makes it beautiful is not so much that it has the best stonework or the prettiest temples or the cleanest streets. It did not have the cleanest streets. But it is because it is God's presence. And from, God's, from there, that's how it shines forth to everything. Now, what's also to look at the phrase, the perfection of beauty. I got kind of stuck on that verse as I was thinking about, you know, what does that mean to say perfection of beauty? What, what, is, a per, what is perfect beauty? How does one define that? How does one nail that down? How can the psalmist say that there's a perfection of beauty that shines forth from the city? That, that what, what is a perfection of beauty? You think about what beauty is alone, and it's, we get into these endless debates. 
And there's libraries full of you know, artists and art critics who've tried to answer that question of what makes beauty and what is perfect beauty. And some have come down on a very sort of mathematical understanding. And that, that's a very old understanding too. You know, that symmetry has beauty, that proportion has beauty, that certain uh, proportions are more beautiful than others. I take lots of pictures and I know about the rule of the thirds they always tell you about, that you divide your uh, picture in thirds. So if you're gonna have, you know, a building but then you want empty space, you put the building one third of the way over. You don't put it, you know, a fourth or a fifth over and leave that much space. Your eye doesn't like it for whatever reason. And, uh, and most of the time that is true. But it's not true all the time. The rule of thirds doesn't always explain it. Sometimes things that are very asymmetrical are very beautiful too. Uh, what makes something beautiful? Some would say it's that it has no blemishes. Right? That it's perfect, that it's clean, that it's smooth. That's what beauty is. But on the other hand, Again, as somebody who spends lots of time watching, looking at pictures, old ruins can be some of the most beautiful things. Looking at an old castle that's getting swallowed up by the ivy. Looking at old paint that's peeling away. Looking at that old country barn that's sitting there in the field and the farmhouse is long gone and the farmer's just plowing all around it. So there sits that old wood barn surrounded by the corn. What a sight of beauty. But it isn't per, is it really perfection? I mean, you would probably wouldn't design that barn the same way now. You wouldn't put it there. It's got broken uh, pieces of wood and there's broken shutters and the, you know, needs some tuck pointing on the foundation. It's an old barn, but it's got beauty. What makes beauty perfect? You know, we can go on and on like this, but what's kind of fascinating to me is that there is a certain subjectiveness to beauty. There is a certain, I know it when I see it kind of thing. There's a certain part of it that is very experiential, very soft, if you will. You know, you try to make things in mathematics, that makes it, that's seen as more hard, right? It's got a proportion, I can measure it, I can draw the lines, look how beautiful it is. And yet, so many of the things that we see as beautiful are more soft. Which is why, again, I don't think it's an accident that the psalmist here is saying that God speaks and summons from the rising of the sun to its setting. Because you think about those images, you know, and there isn't hardly a, even a non-believer out there who isn't struck by the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset, and yet we can't explain why. We know if we try to explain it, it's light being refracted through the dust and, the at and moisture in the atmosphere. Okay, we know that if you want to pick it apart, but that doesn't make it any less stunning, and that doesn't make it beautiful. And the clouds are rarely perfectly symmetrical. I don't know if that's ever happened in nature. So, and they can be all scattered around, and sometimes the really scattered ones are even more interesting, even more beautiful. And you feel it, and there's kind of this idea of warmth, right? You think of sunrise and sunset, there's kind of a warm glow. It's also the beginning and the end of the day, right? You know, either your best time, depending on whether you're a morning or a night person. And, and in there, for that is how, that is from where God summons, from the rising of the sun to its setting, out of a place of the perfection of beauty. I think of this too 
as I was looking at this psalm, in talking about how God speaks. And I'm always struck by how much of the Bible is poetry, metaphor, image, symbol, how much of it is really designed to be better grasped with your imagination, with an open mind, with an open heart, how much of it is really meant to be experienced in ways that you can't, can't quantify by number, that it's designed to get you to think about something more and bigger, something warmer and more beautiful, you know, is the perfection of beauty that God is giving us something that is for beautiful to each one of us? Is it the right beauty for us? Is it that it really is beautiful and we may see it differently, but we see it as beautiful? Oh man, you could go down this path a long ways. But either way, it is in the perfection of beauty that God speaks, not in hard certainty, not in absolute truth, not in rigid laws, but in beauty and something so soft and fuzzy and warm like a sunset. And so I go back to this and remember to think of, to always sort of check myself, to allow myself to think of God in these kind of fuzzy imaginative ways. And to think that God is not only speaking, but gathering everybody but you, by using the city of Jerusalem, which is to our eyes a very imperfect city, that's never been a perfect place by any human standard that anyone's come up with. It's always been a messy place. And yet from there, God, only speak, God not only speaks, but also summons. And summons and somehow in this messed up, complicated city is perfection of beauty that somehow God's presence and God's involvement in it gives it a beauty that brings people in and that shines forth. Because out of Zion, God shines forth. So I don't know if I have a great takeaway other than to say, try to think in these terms and allow yourself to think of those terms in the sort of the sunrise sunset terms, the warm glow, the fuzziness, the beauty and the complicatedness. And I think it will open you up to experience and knowing God in a whole new way that is in many ways a lot more fun and more beautiful than trying to simply pick God apart and get hard answers to hard everything. All right, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless.